Welcome back to the Art Life Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Roger Lather, and I'm excited to continue our discussion from the last episode, giving just a little peek into some of the conversations and relationships that were happening at the GCAM conference this past September, Fort Worth, Texas, the Global Consultation on Arts and Music in Missions. As you're about to see, the people there really were from all over the world and they had such amazing stories and experiences to share so let's just continue to mosey on through the cafeteria with mic in hand as everyone is eating their lunch and just see who else we can meet well we're here in the lunchroom of the gcam conference and i am standing here with robin harris robin please tell me who what do you do One of the roles I have is a co-founder and president of the Global Ethnodoxology Network, or GEN, which is how people connect together between conferences like this to be encouraged to find resources and training and networking in between conferences for people who love arts and mission. So that's what the Global Ethnodoxology Network is. Great. So let me emphasize that point. The GCAM is an event, but GEN is a network. It's about relationships, right? Right. That's right. Okay. So where, what is GEN? Where is it going? What what are you hoping for in the future? We're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. So we were founded at GCOM in 2003. And so we're celebrating 20 years and we started as mostly, I would say, North American missionaries who had a vision for for doing arts and mission in a culturally appropriate, culturally sensitive way. Where we are going is now totally global. Many of our members, maybe even up to a third of them, are from the global south. They're members from all over the world doing arts and mission in their own contexts. And so we're not where we started. It's very exciting. We have a very globally diverse board right now. And in addition to that, we have a, a, a consortium of about 15 or 16 people that we call our Global Advisory Council. And many of them are here at GCAM. They're from a bunch of regions around the world. They're doing actively doing ethnodoxology in their context and their leaders and they own this movement it is great to see what our global leaders are doing okay so this is awesome who would you recommend join Jen in the future if they don't belong to it yet people would enjoy Jen if they want to do arts in their context in culturally appropriate ways so maybe you're in a multicultural church and you're having challenges actually including everybody maybe you love artists and you're in a context where artists are marginalized or you want to reach cross-culturally to um, you know other cultures in your context Jen can help you do that in a really great way we can we have trainings we have networking we have forums where people can ask questions and so the best way to connect with us is through our free newsletter you can go on to the site worldofworship.org and just or you can do worldofworship.org slash newsletter and that'll take you right to the newsletter it's free comes out once a month or every six weeks yeah this is great what i've been hearing people saying in conversations around this conference is that it really is changing i think before global ethnodoxology network the that movement seemed a little narrow like it was only for ethnomusicologists in very rural parts of this world but now it's much bigger than that, right? Exactly, and that's also reflected in our core values. We recently 
did uh, a whole set of, wrote up the core values that have really emerged from the movement over the last 20 years. And, and we realized as we were writing out those core values that it's really not, it's definitely not just music. Oh my. Mm -hmm. No, it's not just music, it's all the arts. And in fact, those are emphasized more in Gen than in a lot of places, to be very honest. And um, it's not just rural contexts. We deal a lot in training people how to do uh, these kinds of things in urban contexts as well. So, yeah, please, thank you for mentioning that because it really is more than just rural cross-cultural missions. It also, that's a strength of ours. We're really good at that and we have a lot of specialists in that. But the world now is multicultural and it's urban and we need to know how to address cultural issues in the arts um, for those contexts as well. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for starting this organization. I'm so excited to be part of it. It's meant so much to me, but we really appreciate all the work you do. Thank you. Thank you very much. So tell me, who are you? I'm Yeonhee Deborah Kim from South Korea, and I'm a director of Archie Mission Korea, which is a mission organization that mobilizes and trains Korean Christian artists to encourage them to use their artist talents for God's kingdom and cross-cultural mission. And how many people are in this network? You know what? So I, uh, Archie Mission Korea was just started in 2013. But that means it's been 10 years, but it's still very new to Korean people. Mm. You know, it's not easy to spread the word. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, now a few people, I mean, notice that, okay, art is important, that art can use be in the mission field. Because you know what? God is beautiful, mm -hmm. and gospel is beautiful. And so, as Christians, we need to spread the word. And, and we need to glorify God beautifully. And art is a language of worship. Mm -hmm. Art is a great instrument for worship and evangelism. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So, and what is your name? My name is Joy Kim. And what are you doing here? I work with Proskuneo Ministries. Which and I'm attending GCAM. What is Proskuneo Ministries? Proskuneo Ministries based in Atlanta, Georgia. Then we've been um, developing resources and gathering people to worship together, uh, gathering different peoples from different cultures and languages to worship together. Yeah, and we have a multicultural worshiping community in our town, so... Mm -hmm. And I happen to know that you also do a lot of traveling with Proskuneo so that other churches can be exposed to multicultural worship. Yes. Why is that important? <laughs> in a nutshell, I think that the churches have been worshiping in their own ways, uh, but in multicultural context where we actually do life together and we... Uh, worship together, but then we are struggling. Some of, like especially the churches in U.S., are struggling to find what is our own expression of worship, made up of a lot of different cultures and languages, and and what is an honoring way to bring all these different expressions into one space of worship. For, for a community mm -hmm. and we've been kind of experimenting different stuff but we believe that the not just the context of ourselves like multicultural context calls for mm -hmm. new expressions but also we wanted to honor different 
come from of our people in our worshiping community to be able to express themselves in worship. So we've experimented with uh, different creative elements of arts and song. we learned songs from one another and, and wrote songs together and just tr still on a journey to find, you know, what would be what would be the songs and arts that bring us together to worship together in unity and diversity. So uh, this vision that we there, I see that a lot of um, neighborhoods are becoming multicultural. So we like to share what we are learning from our own journey of building worshiping community. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I have certainly benefited from seeing their worship unity and diversity. So thank you so much for what you do. Okay. There were so many cool people there, and I hope that you, the listener, get to meet some of these people in person. Maybe you can come to the next GCAM event whenever and wherever it is. I have many more conversations to share with you, but I want to stop there for a moment and sit down for the longer conversation with one person, Eber Negrau, who is an ethnodoxologist from Brazil, and he is a member of the board of GEN, the Global Ethnodoxology network. And he really has some interesting insights into what it means to be a missionary and an artist in the world today. So let's have a listen. Okay, I'm sitting here with Eber Negrau, an ethnodoxologist in Brazil. And can you tell us more about who you are? Uh, yes, I've been working with ethno arts ministries in Brazil since 2006, 17 years now. Um, I am member of ALEM, which is in Wycliffe organization in Brazil, and I, I am the arts uh, coordinator of ALEM. Currently, I am taking my PhD studies at Dallas International University. I'm a PhD candidate there in World Arts. I'm part of, then I'm a member of, of the board. Okay, so, okay, now I have two questions. First, uh, what is your art in particular? I, I'm a musician, so I studied the violin since I was seven. I, 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 did, I did the whole degree, but not the college one, mm -hmm. just to the mid second level. Do you sing as well? I, I can sing. I'm not particularly great at it, but I, I, <laughs> I don't lose the pitch, at least. <laughs> okay. All right. So you are a board member of GEN. What's GEN? Jen is the Global Ethnodoxology Network. It's a group of um, more than 300 members that use uh, local arts in context of worship. They use arts of people from different parts of the world to engage with God, to worship Him, and engage with the world. So basically, um, that's what Jen is about. It's, mm -hmm. it's a group of people that like and encourage the use of local arts to engage with God. Okay, and what does that look like in your context in Brazil? Yeah, in Brazil we have a lot of uh, indigenous people. We have around 344 different people groups in Brazil. And they are their culture is completely different than the, the Brazilian major majority culture. The language is different, and the arts are also different. Yeah. So it's in my a ministry, big country, right? it's huge. <laughs> yes, and in my ministry, I encourage uh, local leaders, church leaders from in those indigenous people, to use their arts to worship God. 
And I've met some of the leaders here too, I guess, who are helping you in that or the, who are working in various parts of Brazil. Yes. Uh, they work in central Brazil, mm -hmm. and I I'm more, I located in the northern part of Brazil. Okay, but I've been doing ministry in Brazil in very different places, so not not only one. I see. So yeah. All right, and what does this? What trend do you see? I mean, a lot of people talk about the global south, how Christianity is moving mm -hmm. into the global south. Um, can you talk about that? Oh yes, of course. Um, the Global South is a phenomenon that is happening where the gravity center of Christianity is switching to the South. Mm -hmm. So today there are more Christians in Latin America, Africa, and Asia than in North America and Europe. And um, by that, because of this, this phase of Christianity is changing, it also affects uh, how church is engaged in missions. Mm -hmm. So before you had from the west to the rest. Now, with the, the the center of Christianity being more in the global south, uh, there is a tendency or trend to to understand that mission is now from the south to the north. And many missiologists says that now the Christians in the South are re-evangelizing Europe, for instance. Mm -hmm. So Global South is that. And Japan as well, by the Japan way. There are well. a lot of Brazilian missionaries in mm -hmm. Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I know one of them. So that's the, the, the major concept based on this change on the Christianity center. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, so what do you think about that? Is, um, mm -hmm. Is, does, is all the responsibility now mm. put on the Global yeah. South? That's, there is a, an issue with the pendulum effect. Mm -hmm. So the pendulum effect is when someone takes the pendulum to one part of the, of the range uh -huh. and you loo lose that pendulum, it doesn't balance. It just all the way to the other side. Right. So in this case, the pendulum effect is uh, is people on the global south saying things like, "Okay, now the time of missions in North America and Europe is done. Now it's our turn. That's our responsibility to go and reach the world for God and stuff like that." But uh, that's that's not. Uh, <laughs> it sounds but exciting, though. But <laughs> it is. It is for some people, but that's not how God wants it to do. Because uh -huh. the mission is not for the church in the northern part of the planet or mm -hmm. the southern part of the hem the hemisphere. It's for the global church. Right. So ideally, missions now because we have a, a, a huge representative representativity of Christianity in the south. It can be done from everywhere to everywhere, mm -hmm. not anymore from the west to the rest, but from everywhere to everywhere. Yeah, us from the global south, the church in the global south can collaborate, can be partners of global north, or Americans or Euro European missionaries and churches to accomplish to f the, the the task. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. So it's some people say tend to to give. Uh, this huge emphasis on the church in the global south saying that okay don't bother 
we got it. We got this. <laughs> now it's our turn. <laughs> and there's no such a thing as right. in God's mission. Right. It's the churches. The mission is God's, but he invites his church to be part of the mission, not his global church. His church, period. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, so what trends do we see then in ethnodoxology? Would you say the South, global South, is taking on this... Um, is it known what that word is, ethnodoxology? Mm -hmm. Is it a concept that mm -hmm. is recognized? It's growing. It's uh, growing the awareness of using the local expressions of arts mm -hmm. and uh, different uh, people groups in the South. Uh, it's growing because it's a new concept. You see, uh, the Global Ethnodoxology Network was founded 20 years ago, and it's still a new concept. So many people and mission agencies and churches may, may be practicing ethnodoxology without knowing, but because the discipline or the field was starting being developed and structured just for a few years ago, we'll still have a lot to accomplish in the global south. So, but yes, I, I would say it's, it's a growing awareness in Brazil mm -hmm. about using local arts and local expressions of arts to worship God. In this network, Jen, do you see that as growing, as being a worldwide network? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Today in Jen, we had uh, representatives from 80 countries in the world. 80 so countries? It's a lot. And we have a good representation of the Global South communities, but still we have North Americans in the board, for instance, but we also have Africans, Latinos, Asians in the board. That means that this expression of the polycentric mission, that polycentric mission is that one that goes from everywhere to everywhere. There's a multiple centers mm. of mission, not only North, not only South. This expression of polycentric mission, we can see in the in gym board. Because mm -hmm. it's not anymore a group of North Americans thinking of mission or mission and arts and mission for the other parts of the world, but right. we are thinking together and helping each other and strategizing together with a, this ethnic variety and different nationalities. We were thinking, Jen, in this to, to, to reflect that polycentric mission. Yeah, personally, I've really benefited from the Gen Network. and But I want to ask you, why do you think people listening, should they join Gen? Why should they join Gen? They should join Gen because with the globalization, we see a huge influence of the West in churches and missions and media and, and movies. Mm -hmm. So the globalization came to make everything look like the same, like the West. Mm -hmm. God right. created the world <laughs> right. in a slightly different way. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> With this huge cultural variety, he, uh, lots of different cultural expressions. So ethnodoxology seeks to encourage this multiple expressions of faith in different parts of the world because the arts, our identity, are the most different things that we have that God gave us 
and we can respond to him mm -hmm. uh, according to that gift of beauty, of cultural diversity he gave to us. And so that's why Gen matters. Okay, so but is the Gen network particularly for artists? Hmm. I would say Gen network, you, you don't have to be an artist to be part of Gen. Mm -hmm. But it's it's important that you have arts dear to your heart and your work uh, because when we talk about the outcomes of what Jen uh, emphasizes and produces and encourages is an artistic expression. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be an artist, but if you you work in a multi-ethnic community or in a community different from your uh, your own, and Jen will 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 help you to see artistic traditions of that community, and will help you to use it or identify what you can use and what cannot use. But ultimately, uh, the decision comes from the people, of course. But mm -hmm. being part of Jen, you are uh, you, you receive the tools to engage with the arts of that community. So, right. Yeah. And you can do that not being an artist. You just need to be a curious person to go ahead and ask good questions to understand how the arts work and encourage them to use it. Yeah. We were just both seen in a, a seminar by a man named Juan from Spain, and he was talking about how the arts are God's secret weapon for mm -hmm. the world in missions. Yeah, exactly. And just, I think a lot of people think of the arts as something not as something outside, like something kind of periphery, not something core to our identity. Mm -hmm. But everything you're talking about, nations praising, tribes praising, whether they realize it or not, the arts is kind of core to who they yeah. are, mm -hmm. right? And so to be able to encourage that, support that. Yeah, in, in Jen, we, we say and we understand that arts uh, are a powerful means of communication. And because we are Christians, we always are looking to communicate something. Mm -hmm. We want to communicate a message that can transform anyone's life. Mm -hmm. And if we use the arts, local arts, the correct means of communication, that message will be not only understood, but will be received as for their own. It's much better than if you try to bring the message of the gospel in a foreign vessel, you see? It's something new, it's something from the outside, but maybe it's not for the people. The people may not receive that as mm -hmm. something for them. Right. If you bring that powerful message in a way that people grasp that and accept as their own, oh, this talks to me, I can, I can hear, I hear the song since I was a child, or this is a kind of, the, the, the drama that my, my people used to, to practice, to perform, and I see these Bible stories in this drama, it's, it makes things personal, mm -hmm. cultural, appropriated for each people group. Thank you. Well said. Yeah. Thank you for the sitting down and taking <laughs> yes. this time to talk with of me. Of course. My pleasure. Thank you very much. As we close, I want to play a song for you performed by Izibongo, one of the featured worship teams at the conference. A lot of what I was taught as the kind of foundation of Western classical music can be played on the piano, yet this piece cannot.
In fact, those notions of major is happy and minor is sad is completely turned on its head by what sounds to most Western ears as pretty atonal. It's very interesting to give you a translation of what's being sung. Their meaning is, it's God's word that makes us so very happy. This is Roger Lowther, and I want to thank you again so much for listening. As we say in Japan, じゃあまたね! See you next time.